this is tonight is the last night that we are uh, completing another book study in the Bible. We're completing the study of Galatians. And then uh, as we complete the study of Galatians, there may be a week or two in between, but we're going to go into a study of the fruit of the Spirit. And I think you'll enjoy that as well. Myself and Pastor Dominic, we're uh, kind of going over it uh, this week, and um, I feel like the Lord can use us or can use the Word and use us to grow together in that understanding of the study of Scripture. So we'll be studying the fruit of the Spirit. But uh, I, I don't know for sure if we'll start that next week or there may be a couple of weeks in between, but that'll be coming up. But tonight we're going to finish up the book, the book of Galatians, chapter 6. And uh, we'll just go through it uh, a few verses at a time and kind of discuss it. And I, I need you to, Wednesday nights, I really like feedback. So uh, if God lays something on your heart, uh, sometimes through, the, um, uh, through many counsel, wisdom is born. Amen? And uh, so feel free to share and discuss the things that the Lord lays on your heart. So, but we'll, I'll, I'll start us out uh, in the very first verse. Now, we won't do it one verse at a time, but I will pause after the first verse because it is a mouthful. And uh, it's enough that we could spend all night just on verse 1. But we're not going to do that. But I will pause and talk about it a minute. The Bible says in verse 1, Brethren, if a man be overtaken in a fault... Ye which are spiritual, restore such a one in the spirit of meekness, considering thyself, lest thou also be tempted. Um, first of all, it's important that we understand, as many of the epistles, Galatia, uh, Galatians was written to the church at Galatia and was for the church. It was for the believers uh, it's instruction for the believers. And when they're talking here about one being overtaken in a fault, um, they're referring to a fellow believer, uh, not one that has, there's a different instructions, and we can get into that at some point, but not necessarily one that's living in habitual sin. That's a different circumstance altogether. They're talking about a, a brother uh, that has fallen prey to a, uh, to a, a fault. Uh, and and the, the word overtaken implies something very important, doesn't it? It implies that we're being pursued by sin. <laughs> How many knows that the enemy is trying to chase you down? And the enemy wants to overtake you um, in a fault. He wants to overtake you in a sin, whether whatever that sin is, whether that sin is a, a sin of pride a sin of anger, a sin of lust, a sin of malice, uh, just any number of things that the enemy is trying to overtake you. He's trying to pursue you. Uh, so we know, now the psalmist tells us what? Goodness and mercy pursues us. Amen. All the days of my life, goodness and mercy shall pursue me. So thank God. God is pursuing us. <laughs> so it's not that, but at the same time, the enemy's on your trail. Uh, and he wants to take you down. And I don't care. Now, you can act real pious, and if I was you, I'd just act real stoic so nobody knows I'm talking about you. But uh, I don't care who you are. If you've served the Lord for any length of time, 
you've been overtaken in faults. <laughs> uh, you, you have been, you've fallen prey to the enemy, however you want to. Uh, Hebrews talks about uh, run with endurance. Strip off, it says, anything that's holding you back. Uh, that, that word is implying that it's a fast. Listen, if, if, um, if you saw a child fall in a, a body of water and you had on a heavy coat, you'd probably strip it off before you knew what you were doing and go in after them. And that's kind of the action that it's talking about, stripping off those things that hold you back. Well, at the same time, the enemy is trying to overtake you. He's trying to encumber you uh, with fault. So the Bible says that when a brother falls, there are things that the church... Can I, I don't think the church does this very well today. Uh, we, we tend to do one or two things. We either ignore fault, let's just sin. We ignore a brother that has fallen into sin and act like it doesn't exist. Or we try to destroy them. But that's not, neither of those are the action that the Bible says to do. The Bible says that in gentleness and meekness and kindness that we're to what? Restore them. Sometimes we have to deal with sin. We have to deal with people that have fallen prey to sin. And sometimes it may seem as if we're being harsh. Uh, removing somebody from a ministry position, for example, or uh, telling someone that they need to just, uh, you know, just sit back and be ministered to. Um, uh, and, and it may seem sometimes to outsiders, in particular if they don't know the whole story, that you're being harsh. The goal is never punitive. It's never punishment. That's not our job. God didn't call us to punish those that are in sin. The goal is always restoration. Uh, sometimes it's for the person's best to sit back, take their hands off ministry, be ministered to, and, and, and go through a process of healing and restoration. It's also, we also have the obligation of protecting the church, but that God wants us to restore. Now, sometimes restoring, I hit on this a little bit um, last week, sometimes restoring costs you something. Um, I, I, you know, some of you guys know I'm restoring an old truck. I put more into that truck than it would have cost me. I put about twice as much in that old truck as it would have cost me to have gone and bought it brand new off the lot. And my goal is simply to get it back to as close to like new condition as possible. It's cost me something. Because why? There's been a lot of years. There's been a lot of damage. There's been a lot of neglect. And all that stuff had to be taken. But how many of the people are the same way? From the time you got saved to now, if you've been serving the Lord for a long time, there's been a lot of water under the bridge. <laughs> Probably some scars and hurt feelings. But, but the Bible says that we as mature Christians, when I'm dealing with someone that has fallen into sin, I, I want to extend the same grace to them that I would pray that they would extend to me. Because I'm very aware, but by the grace of God, there go I. You know, and uh, so I, I want to gently 
minister to them and restore. And that's what, so I just want to encourage you. Uh, when the Bible talks about, um, uh, and we're going to talk in just a minute about bearing one another's burdens. When we see a brother that has a burden, bearing one another's burdens. You know, the, Jesus talks about that, take his yoke upon him. Uh, you know, let him help you bear your burdens. His yoke is easy. His burden is light. Well, but the way he does that is often through brothers and sisters in the body of Christ. How I many knows we are? I, I was having a, a, a lunch the other day, and someone said something. I hadn't thought of it quite that way. We were complaining about customer service anymore. Does anybody just get frustrated with customers? It, it is just almost non-existent. Um, you know, I, I, I get so frustrated. I don't expect anything extra but just basic customers if i call with a question try to help me resolve it i had called a while back about a question and it was kind of stumping the guy that's okay you don't have to have all the answers let's figure this out get somebody else on the phone let's work through this thing um he just literally hung up the phone i'm like you got to be kidding after you wait an hour to get through to somebody uh, but that's, that's and it makes you so frustrated. I don't want anything to do with that company. <laughs> now, here's what the person said that, that struck me. And I hadn't thought this all through theologically. So, but he said, you know, the church is kind of like God's customer service on earth. We're representing the father. People come to the, the church uh, looking for answers, looking for help, looking for direction, looking for God. We're his representatives. And, uh, and, and depending on how they feel like we're responding, are we going to get a five-star rating <laughs> or a one-star rating? But, but you know what? And that's the same thing in the, 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 the restoration thing. So God wants us to, to, to work as his emissaries, as his ambassadors in the process of, of restoration. So, um, and he said, consider that you could also fall into temptation. None of you, it may not be the same temptation. You may have temptations that I'll never be bothered with. I've dealt with people before that uh, were, you know, struggling with, with drug addiction. To me, that's not a temptation. I mean, it doesn't, that's not something that the enemy would even, I don't feel like, would even tempt me with because it, I feel like it'd be a waste of his time. I'm not trying to be arrogant about it. Uh, but, I mean, I just have no draw to that kind of thing. You know what I'm saying? But, 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 but so I may not fall into that same temptation, but he's going to attack me in an area that I'm weak in, in an area that I could fall into temptation. So he says, consider that you yourself could fall into temptation. And treat this brother in the same way that you would want somebody to treat, to treat you. Let's go on to verse 2. And then I'll do verses 2 through 5. We'll talk about it. And then I want to pause. And I want you to give me some input. But let, let's, let's, let's start at verse 2. Bear ye one another's burdens, and so fulfill the law of Christ. Now remember, he's talking to the Galatians. Remember the, the, um, the, the legalists, the, um, those that are... Uh, the Judaizers that are constantly talking about law. Uh, I think that's the reference Paul's making here. They're constantly saying, do this, uh, complete this part of the law. A big part of it was circumcision. We've talked about circumcision, circumcision. And so Paul, I think, is rebutting that, and he says, well, why don't you bear one another's burdens and fulfill the law of Christ? That's what, that's what Jesus tells us to do. 
So bear one of those burdens, and, and, and in doing that, fulfill his law. For a man, if a man think himself to be something, when he is nothing, he deceives him, his own self. But let every man prove his own work, and then shall he have rejoicing in himself alone and not in another. For every man shall bear his own burden. Okay, so uh, what, what, what the... Uh, what the apostle here is telling us is um, is that if we see a brother or sister bearing a, a burden, that we are to help them. That we're we're come alongside of them. Um, I've got a friend right now that's going through a lot. You know, and I'm, I'm I, I call him, I text him, let him know that I'm praying for him. But I told him, you know, you know, I'm praying for you. You know I'm here. You know I'm doing all I... I said, but listen, if, if, if you need me to come help you pick up your grandkids from school or uh, come, come do something physical for you, I, I believe in... And I want to... What can I do? I, I want to be a service to you. Now, I'm probably not going to mow your yard, but I'll send somebody to come mow your yard. <laughs> if, you need, if you need your yard mowed, I'll send somebody to come mow your yard. Uh, you know, so um, I'm not. But 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 the but the point is, I, I want to be I want to be a practical service. See, it, it's good to listen, and I don't mean this lightly. I'd rather know somebody's praying for me than anything in the world. I've got people in the church that tell me regularly, Pastor, I pray for you every day, and and I, I may not express it enough, but that means so much to me. Uh, that is such an encouragement when I hear that. Um, uh, Sister Mamie sends me a message every morning of her life, and um, you know, I, and, and I know that I'm on people's hearts. She she has a prayer chain, and she tells me she prays for me. Uh, others of you in here, and Sister Maxine, uh, different ones that have just told me, Pastor, I pray for you every day, and it means so so very much. So I do appreciate that, and there's nothing that'll take that place. But sometimes it's also good to know that I've got somebody that if I get in a jam, I know who I can call that'll help bear my burden. I know that they're praying for me, but I, I'm, I'm in a pickle. Uh, can, can you help me out of this bind? Uh, and, and, you know, that's what the Bible calls us to do. Uh, it, it's not that we can take over uh, a, complete, uh, a complete issue oftentimes for somebody. I mean, I, uh, if, 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 if you're not uh, working, I may not be able to completely start financially taking care of your family, but I might can at least one month help you pay a light bill or buy you some groceries uh, or do something to come alongside of you and help you in a practical way. That's what Paul says. Find people that have burdens. It's really not difficult. <laughs> and then figure out a way to bear one another's burdens and help them. And then he says, for if a man think that he is uh, too important to help someone else, <laughs> he's fooling his own self. You know, um, I've seen those tables shift. Uh, you know, we're, we're, we, we, life is cyclical. And sometimes you're up here and sometimes you're down here. And uh, we're in different places in, in, our, in our walk. I mean, uh, uh, two years ago in this church was so gracious that y'all wrapped around me and came around me. But, I, you know, the, the year that I lost my mom and Rhonda lost her mom and we had some other losses people don't even know in the midst of all of that. 
Um, and I didn't know whether I was coming or going. I didn't know which way was up or down. Anybody, you've all been there probably through through trial. trial. And, 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 and the church came along beside me. But people in the church come up and said, Pastor, let me just come sit with your mom for a few hours so you can go and have dinner with Rhonda. Or you can, you can leave the, the nursing home. That meant so much just to have somebody to come along and help bear your burdens with you, uh, to know that we, we had a support group, that we had... We had we had we had help, and uh, you know I, we didn't even mention it. We we came home one night after sitting all day, which I, I'm, I don't begrudge it. I wished I'd have had more time to be with my mom. So I don't mean that I'm complaining. We, we were tired. Uh, we were sitting all day with my mom. Come home, my little dog had died. Uh, you know we cried. Went out 15 years. Went out in the backyard and buried him, and just had to get up the next morning and keep going. People didn't even know we were going through that crisis at the same time. Uh, of, of all the, and, and I, I'm not, I don't even know why I mean to get into all that tonight. I, what I'm telling you is the only way we made it through is because the church uh, was, and Jesus, of course, obviously, Christ was there, but he was there through the body of Christ. He was there through brothers and sisters praying for us and encouraging us and helping us through through it all. So um, thank you for that, but but. But listen, I want, we, we need to do that to other people. Uh, we need to help other... I was talking to a, an associate pastor the other day, and he was... He, 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 well, I'm not getting into that, but he was just telling me uh, just some things that were very meaningful about how he wanted to share his pastor's burden and how, what a help he was, and I, and I was encouraging him in that. But that's what God has called us to do, to bear one another's burdens. Um, verse 6. Oh, we, we can pause there. Uh, is, is there some thoughts on... Uh, anything that I've said so far, bearing one another's burden, restoring brothers that uh, that have fallen, been overtaken in sin. Anybody have a comment or a thought or a question that you want to share? I'm probably supposed to ask open-ended questions so you'll know what I'm... <laughs> well, uh, maybe, you know, I've thrown a few things out there. What, what are some practical ways that we can bear someone's burdens? Yes. Man. Well, praise God. Yeah. And it means so much. And people will never know what an encouragement, the smallest acts of kindness. Yeah. Amen. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Are there anyone else? Maybe you've got a, a testimony or a thought on bearing burdens. Maybe God will put people in your... And, and, and just look for ways. Again, it doesn't always have to be financial. And uh, we all are busy. All of us are busy people. Uh, but oftentimes, we can give up an hour to help somebody, to do something for someone, or a couple hours or a day. You know, we can drive somebody to a doctor's appointment. Or we can do something. So, so that those are ways that we... And that's what God has called... That, it, it's not a suggestion, by the way. Paul, under the anointing and inspiration of the Holy Spirit, said, 
bear one another's burdens. So that's what we're to do. Amen. Um, verse 6. Let him that is taught in the word communicate unto him that teacheth in all good things. Be not deceived. God is not mocked. For, whosoever man, for whatsoever a man soweth, that shall he also reap. For he that soweth to the flesh shall of the flesh reap corruption. But he that soweth to the Spirit shall of the Spirit reap life everlasting. And let us not be weary in well-doing. For in due season we shall reap if we faint not. As we have therefore opportunity, let us do good unto all men, especially unto them who are of the household of faith. So what, what he's saying here, let, let him that is taught in the word communicate unto him that teacheth in all good things. That's a confusing way to say that. I should, can you put that in like the NLT? Is that hard to switch over back there? Uh, I just want to read it to you in a, in a different translation. Therefore, as we have opportunity, let us do good, especially those who are of the household of faith. No, verse, the first one, verse 6. I, I throw them guys on the spot. Didn't mean to do that. But uh, what, what? here you go. So let us not get tired of doing what is good. At just the right time, we will reap a harvest of blessing if we do not give up. Go to verse 6. Galatians 6, 6. There you go. Those who are taught the word of God should provide for their teachers, sharing all good things with them. Now, we automatically often... And I think it's an accurate teaching in, uh, of, this, of this scripture um, that Paul was talking about that uh, those that kind of those that are your teachers, your, your evangelists, your pastors, missionaries, uh, that you should financially share with them, take care of them. That's, that's how that verse is generally interpreted. But how many knows it's, I think it's more important than that. I think it goes deeper than that. It's a share in all good things with them. Uh, not just material things. Let me tell you, it is a joy for people to share their testimonies, to share good things, share all good things with those that, uh, if, if, someone, if, if, a, if someone teaches you a word and it blesses you or it encourages you or you learn how to apply it in a certain, the Holy Spirit helps you to apply it in a certain way, uh, share that with your Sunday school teacher, uh, you know, with your pastor, with whomever, an evangelist, whomever it is that may have shared that good word. That, that's how we exhort and build up the body of Christ. So, yes, we should share of our, our, our physical stuff, um, you know, and, and we should take care of one another financially and encourage one another in that area. Um, you know, but, but we should also share all good things, share all good things with those that God has placed in positions to teach. And then he goes on to ties that right into sowing and reaping. For when you sow into what he's teaching, if you sow into spiritual things or spiritual people, you're going to reap spiritual benefit. But it, I, I like to know what I'm sowing into. And then the older I get, you know, the more I want to focus what I'm sowing into. Uh, I don't want to just be so random i want to know what what if i sow into this ministry what does this ministry do 
you know, is, 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 is 70 cents out of every dollar I put in that ministry going to administration? Because if it is, that's probably not a ministry I want to sow into. Uh, how much of it is going actually to the need? Uh, that's what I want to know, and I want to sow into those that are putting a high percentage of money right directly into the, to the need that, that I'm given toward. Um, why? Because the things I sow into, I, you know, I, I, I give to, there's a couple of missionaries that, like many of you, that, that we support, um, that I believe that do good work. Um, you know, we, we give to other, other charities. Uh, that I believe that aren't, that aren't like Saint. Uh, we 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 give monthly to Saint Jude's Christian Hospital and things like that. That I believe they do good work. Um, but I've done my research. How much of that? So, but I want to sow into things because why? I want to reap back blessing. But then he says, those that sow in the flesh reap back the flesh. If if all you're sowing into is personal gratification, <laughs> I'm going to just sow into how much entertainment I can get for myself. I'm just going to sow into things that, that bring me immediate fun uh, and, and instantaneous reward. Uh, and it's, it's okay to be entertained, but if that's all you're thinking of, then all you're going to reap is fleshly reward, carnal things that, 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 that decay. But the things of God, we have to sow into. And that's why it goes right into, so it talks about reaping and sowing, and then it goes right into... Um, uh, talking about endurance, let us not be weary in well-doing, for in due season we shall reap if we faint not. In other words, it's not, we have to be patient. We, we, we have to sow and we have to be patient. Uh, you know, when, we, um, um, when, when, when you plant a crop, you can't go out the, tomorrow and expect to harvest. And, and, and it's hard when you're excited, you plant that seed and you want to see uh, you you want to see that that thing produce and grow, uh, but 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 you've got to take care of you got to tend that thing. Uh, last night Rhonda was talking to Brother Felix and asked Felix, you know what 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 kind of uh, vegetables can you plant this time of year? And um, I spoke up and began to just say you know summer squash, cucumbers. I just you know, what do you know? You don't have a garden. I said, well, I spent a big part of my life working a garden, uh, and, and I know what kind of vegetables you can plant. But it wasn't fun for me, so I never wanted to do it when I got older because <laughs> it wasn't just a little, <laughs> it was a big field, and uh, it kind of got the fun out of it for me. But, but, but the point that but I, I want to make is um, we did plant those things, but I'd have to go out there and hoe them, hoe the, hoe the, the stupid weeds out of the, between the beds and, and tend it and, you know, make sure. But then we, it was funner to go out there with your, your, your bushel baskets and, and fill them up with the vegetables. Actually, that wasn't even fun, but at least it was rewarding. <laughs> uh, you go to pick all the, the but, 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 but it didn't happen overnight. And I don't know, when you sow into somebody, it, sometimes it, it takes a long time, or you sow into something, it takes a long We can't expect, uh, there are people that say, well, Pastor, I've been given, you know, I, I gave last week to the church, and, you know, I, I didn't reap a reward this week, so I'm not going to give anymore. Well, your, first of all, your motives are suspect. <laughs> uh, you, you know, I love the blessings of God. I love, I'll be the first one to tell you, I love the favor and the blessing of God. But I don't give for that reason. I give because I want to be a blessing. But then God blesses us. 
but it may not be this week. It may be, it may be months, it may be years down the road. So he said, don't, get, don't be weary in well-doing. Just be persistent. In due season, you shall reap what you sow if you faint not. Um, now, then we're going to, so any comments on sowing or reaping? Anything that you want to add or? I do such a good job expounding. I'll leave no questions. <laughs> well, then Paul, now if you'll notice, Paul, through this, through this chapter, through Galatians, we talked about it. This is, he has not been gentle. Um, he's been a little harsh in some of his ways. He, he's written this almost from a point of frustration, you know, kind of don't make me come back up there. Uh, you won't like me when I'm angry. Uh, but he's kind of softening in it here in the end. So let's just read the last, uh, the last handful of verses um, through through eighteen, and then we'll we'll talk about those and close out. It says, "Ye see how large a letter I have written unto you with mine own hand." Now, remember we talked about that before. Uh, many, including myself, think this is an indication. Paul. Uh, traditionally dictated his work to someone else to write it. But this, he says, was so important. He says, you see, I've written it in my own handwriting. See how large the letters are that I've written? Um, I'm of the camp. Some people disagree with that, and I can't prove it, and I may be totally wrong that Paul's thorn in the flesh was, was that he had very, very poor eyesight. And I think this is one of the verses that helped bring that out, that he wrote really large. You can see this is written in my own hand. You see how large the letters are? I've written this with my own hand. You see how large a letter I have written unto you with my own hand. As many as desire to make fair show in the flesh, they constrain you to be circumcised, only lest they, they should suffer persecution for the cross of Christ. So he's back talking about the Judaizers here that have just come in. They just—they're trying to see if they—they're preaching circumcision and not the cross of Christ. For neither they themselves who are circumcised keep the law. They don't keep all the law. He's saying they're telling you you've got to keep this part of the law. They don't keep all the law, but desire to have you circumcised that they may glory in your flesh. In other words, that they can say, "Look what they've done because we taught them to do this, because we instructed them to do that." They're—they're they're our disciples. And then, but Paul says, "But God forbid." that I should glory in anything but the cross of our Lord Jesus Christ, by whom the world is crucified unto me. And I say unto the world, for in Christ Jesus neither circumcision availeth anything, nor uncircumcision, but a new, crea new creature. So Paul's saying, to God, it doesn't matter whether you're circumcised or not. All that matters to him is, are you a new creation? Have you accepted Christ into your heart? These that are telling you that you must keep this part of the law, he said, they're not keeping the law. They may be circumcised, but there's parts of the law they're certainly not keeping. And Paul was a doctorate of the law. He knew the law. He said, they're, they're not keeping all the law. And so he said, don't listen to that. Don't listen to those that are teaching you of the flesh. They have, they have ulterior motives. They want you to do these things to keep you subject to them. And, but as, and as many as walk according to the rule, peace be on them and mercy upon them, 
upon the Israel of God. From henceforth let no man trouble me, for I bear in my body the marks of the Lord Jesus Christ. In other words, these Judaizers that have tried to say, you're not really an apostle of Christ. That's what Paul was dealing with in Galatia. The Judaizers were saying, you know, Paul's not really, you know, Paul's a good guy. He said, but um, he wasn't with Christ. Uh, he wasn't like Peter. He wasn't like John. We know the real apostles. Paul wasn't one of the real apostles. Paul said, I don't need their, I've got scars in my own body. Paul said, I have been broken. I have been stoned. I have been whipped. I have been beaten. I don't need them to tell me I'm not an apostle of Christ. You know, I, have, I bear the marks in my own flesh that, spe that, that speak to where my, my, my allegiance to Jesus Christ. Uh, then he goes on to say, Brethren, the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ be with you, uh, with your spirit. Amen. Unto the Galatians written from Rome. So he's writing this letter from Rome, and he's encouraging them in the things of the Lord. But this, this whole, if I had to sum up uh, chapter 6, it's, it's really all about, except for that end part where he begins to, to um, say, you know, I'm not looking for man's recognition, only God's recognition. But, but all of Galatians 6 is primarily about preferring others over yourself. It's really the same thing that Jesus taught. I have two commandments. What were Jesus' two commandments? Love God, <laughs> love each other. Love your brother. I love the Lord your God with all your heart, mind, and soul. The second he said is like unto it, love uh, one another. Love your brother as yourself. And so that's really what Galatians 6 is about. Paul's saying bear one another's burdens. Help each other as they falter. Restore people that are having, that have been overtaken in sin. My experience most people, now there are examples, and, and, and the examples are religious, pharisaical spirits. They're some of the toughest to deal with. They're the ones that, that just can drive me crazy because of their arrogance. <laughs> but I feel like I'm not alone. It's the same ones that Jesus uh, couldn't hardly deal with. But, um, but uh, most people that are overtaken in sin you know what they don't really need is you to come along and beat them up they're already if they're if they if they love jesus and they've been overtaken in sin they're already laying awake at night they're already beating their self up what they need is the church come come around and put their arm around and say look i'm not gonna i'm not forgiving what you've done i'm not condoning what you've done i'm just telling you let's just move on past it let's figure out how to to put some safeguards in your life so that you don't fall prey to that sin again and restore that one and that's what paul's teaching preferring others over yourself uh, the, the thing that bothers me and i and i, I i'm just going to vent for just a second if that's okay because I know things about people sometimes. And they'll come to me with their arrogant attitude about someone else's sin. And in the back of my heart and mind, I'm thinking, oh, but brother, I remember. 
I remember your sin. I remember what we went through together. Why can't you show that same grace and help restore this person? You know, um, they may get stoned, but it won't be my stone that hits them. I gave up my right to stone people a long time ago. Uh, you know, so I, I just want to extend the grace of, because grace has been extended unto me. Um, and so uh, that's, the, that's what I think that we, listen, if we can just be a body, and we are as a fellowship, if we can be a body of believers that just encourage one another, love one another, restore one another, people don't fall. You, you, people in this church, myself, we're going to fall from time to time. What, let, let's build one another up. We, we used to do, and, and I keep saying that I'm going to close, and I am going to close, but we used to do a skit with our youth group years ago, Don't Let Another Wounded Soldier Die. I used to love to do that skit. Uh, it's the song, Don't Let Another Wounded Soldier Die. And uh, it, it talked about in the body of Christ how, you know, we, you know, we often leave our wounded on the battlefield uh, instead of picking them up. If you're, if you're in the military like a lot of our guys here, you wouldn't consider leaving your buddy shot laying on the battlefield. You, you drag him with you. Um, but Christians often will just walk away and leave them. In fact, they might kick their wounded a time or two before they walk away and leave them there to bleed out. Let's not do that. Let's be people that restore and, and help one another. Okay, I'm going to pray over this. Father, right now, I thank you for the word of God. I thank you, Lord, that you are a God of grace and love. Lord, that you are not a God, Lord, that wants to hurt or tear down, but you're a God that wants to build up and encourage and strengthen. And, Father, I pray tonight, God, that you would touch our heart, soften our heart, help us to extend the grace of God. Lord, there may be some right here in this room, Lord, that tonight need to be reminded of your ever-loving grace. And, Father, I thank you that you are a God of restoration, a God of help, and a God of hope. In Jesus' name. Amen.